James 4. We'll read the first six verses for continuity. James 4.1, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Remember, he's speaking to a church. Come they not hence even of your lusts, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust, a miss being you ask with an evil heart. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. For God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you for your holy word. I thank you, Father, for how you've helped me, Lord, in my own Christian life in this passage. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us. Lord, I pray you would speak to every heart. Oh God, I pray that our minds would be sharp. I know it's in the evening, Lord, but I pray that you'd help each one of us. I pray that your spirit would have free course, Lord, that we would be attentive. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The text is verses 4 to 6, starting with ye adulterers and adulteresses. Now we now enter into the second battlefront. Remember, there's three battlefronts here. There's self. The second battlefront is the world, it's for us Christians, and the third, which we won't get to, is Satan. Not giving self what self wants requires love to Christ, it requires devotion to Christ, and then it requires a strength and a desire which none of us have naturally, and this is just in review. Listen, God must give us everything that we need to walk with him or else we'll fail. We must have God's grace to walk the Christian life. If you're in Christ, you know the danger of allowing self to have his or her way. You remember this from a few weeks ago. If you would deny self or yourself, you must walk contrary to yourself. If you would deny yourself, you need to walk in opposition to your sinful self. And if you would do this, you need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to be made strong by the Spirit of God in this opposition. And it's not going to happen unless we're led by the Spirit. Look at Galatians 5, just a quick, just a quick review, and then we'll get on with today's text. But this is such an important aspect of what James is teaching here. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Notice in verse 16, James, uh, I'm sorry, Galatians 5.16. Did I say James? Galatians 5.16. Paul writes here, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So there's the requirement, beloved. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, here's the battle, 
and the spirit against the flesh. And notice, these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are these. And he goes on to teach us all of those works of the flesh. And we must, as Colossians 5 teaches us, and we learned a little bit in that time in James, we need to mortify, therefore, our members upon the earth. We need to mortify and kill the old man. Listen, the brethren of James's day, and listen, these are professing Christians that James is speaking to, the brethren of James's day had neglected the essential and spiritual work of mortifying sinful self of mortifying the old man, and now they were declining spiritually. Listen, if you don't mortify, if you don't kill the old man, you will decline. You will go into declension. You will slide back toward the world, which is the second battlefront. This is a consistent danger to every one of us as children of God. You ever go to one of those hotels? Kim and I took the grandkids, and we went, and they have the lazy river. You ever see those little things? It's like on a... Florida hotel and everybody sits in the lazy river and the lazy river's got a current and you just it just takes you along but it's difficult to turn around and go against the current living the Christian life is going against the current of self in opposition to yourself and second it's going in opposition to the world and everybody's going that way straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life And on the way to that straight gate, everybody's going the opposite way. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be which go in there. They sit in the lazy river and the world just takes them along. Beloved, we must not do that. And listen, if you don't kill old sinful you daily, the world is right there ready to accommodate you and receive you back. The world wants you back. And listen, they know you're Christians and they'll try and lure you back. Because to lure you back eases their conscience. Your Christian life lived before someone who's lost and someone who loves the world, it provokes their conscience. They don't like that. So we need to put off the old man. And remember we talked about you can't just put off the old man, now you need to put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Listen, this is the supernatural work of God in your salvation, and you are continuing to be saved every single day as God does a work in you. We know that after that, James talked about the carnal prayers of these brethren that were in spiritual declension, to pray with an evil heart. We learned that last time. But now James goes on to not mince words with them at all, and he basically tells them that they are guilty of spiritual adultery. They were unfaithful to God. They were an unfaithful bride. Now listen, in marriage, your spouse and you who are married, you know that your spouse is to be the one person, either your husband or your wife, that receives your singularly special love. No one else. How would you feel if your spouse started giving some love to another like husbands if your wives started gravitating towards another man 
Or wives, if your men started gravitating towards another woman, that wouldn't go over well. The Bible says one of God's names is jealous. God is a jealous God. Listen, God wants all of our hearts. And listen, I don't have to define infidelity or unfaithfulness any further than that. You know, in the wedding vows, will you love and cherish this woman, this one woman? In fact, I love what Paul told Timothy. He says, if you're going to be a preacher, you need to be a one-woman man. Well, you know what? Every man needs to be a one-woman man. And that means no one else gets your eye, no one else gets your attention. Your wife gets it all. When God saves you from your sins, he rescued you. He saves you from your sins and he saves you from the world, which is Satan's kingdom. And he's conveyed you into the kingdom of God's dear son. You became the wife, the bride. In fact, the Bible tells us that we are God's wife. Listen, God's command and expectation from you now toward him is your whole heart, all your love. Listen, that's something that we need to pay attention to. And listen, if God does not have your whole heart or all of your heart, something else or someone else does, and God takes that as you being unfaithful. If your love gravitates towards something else, then God doesn't take that. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Remember, James is telling them, you adulterers and adulteresses. And then he says, you're fond of the world. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever will be a friend of the world, and listen, it doesn't mean that we're not friends of sinners. It doesn't mean that we don't go out and preach the gospel in the world and we don't show love to sinners. It doesn't mean that at all. But what it does mean is friendship. That word friendship is a form of the word love in the Greek phileo. Friendship with the world, fondness of the world to where you decline from God is enmity with God. Whosoever will be a friend of the world, the Bible says, is an enemy of God. I mean, I read that and I said, wait a minute, I'm a believer, Lord. It's like God said, read it again. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Look at 2 Corinthians 11.2. For I am jealous over you, Paul told the Corinthians. With a godly jealousy, I am jealous over you, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That's to be us, beloved. To not love God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, is to commit spiritual adultery. Because if someone else or something else takes the love and devotion that you should give to God, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. This passage, though it speaks of marriage between a man and a woman, the prime subject here is the marriage of Christ and his church. Notice, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. That is what? The church. With the washing of water by the word, cleanse the bride, make her white and without spot or wrinkle, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
but that it should be holy and without blemish, that is, his bride. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Notice now, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. If you're in Christ, you are united to Christ. You're in union with Christ. You think of your marriage and think of the damage that that would do to that relationship if you had another love. Verse 31, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and notice shall be joined, cleave, and they too shall be one flesh. That's spiritual math, brethren. One plus one equals one. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. I'll just read you Isaiah 54. You don't have to turn there, but this is Isaiah 54, 5. If you want, you can turn there. But he says, for thy maker is thine husband. Thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. These brethren in the book of James, and listen, this takes some self-examination for us. Is there something else that has my love and my devotion? You remember what Paul told the church of Ephesus in Revelation 2. He said, you're doing a lot of good things. You got the right doctrine. You hate the Nicolaitans. That's great. You're doing really good. But I have something against you. You've left your first love. Christ is to be our first love. And he told them how to, he said, he told them what they had to do. He said, you need to go back, retrace your steps, find out where it is, repent of it. And so, beloved, Christ needs to be our first love. And listen, this is, what, this is you working out your own salvation in your own life. I mean, listen, this is you being intimate with God. This is you seeking God. This is you desiring to have that oneness with God. That's why the marriage is the highest relationship on the planet, a marriage between a man and a woman, because look, it's likened to our relationship to Christ in the church. We're one flesh. And so in Christ, you're one with Christ, one with God. Listen, that's, this, is, this is that aspect of your Christian life that I can't take you and no one else can take you. You need to go there with God by yourself in the Spirit of God. You need to enter into that. So these brethren had another lover. They had become very fond of the world. In Psalm 106, you don't have to turn there, but when the people came out of Egypt, the psalmist writes there that they mingled themselves among the world. They mingled themselves. They mixed. The word mingle there means to braid, to weave, or to intermix. It says they were mingled among the heathen, they were mingled in the world, and they learned their works. We need to be very careful not to pick up the habits of the world. We've got some that we need to shake off, we need to mortify. It says they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. The world's got idols, beloved. 
They sacrifice their sons and daughters unto devils. You know what I think of when you see this? They sacrifice their sons and daughters to, God, to the God of this world. That's like families sacrificing their kids to the world. It's what it is. You're giving them up to the world. And that's what they did. Thus they were defiled with their own works and went a-whoring after their own inventions away from God. In 2 Kings 17.32, when the children of Israel were in captivity, the lions were killing the people of the land, and so they brought in Samaritans, the lowest of men to be priests, to teach the people to worship the true God so that they'd stop getting attacked and killed by lions. You can read it. It's in 2 Kings. But it says after they taught them, it says they feared the Lord, but they served their own gods. Yeah. It was a mongrel mixed Christianity. Beloved, friendship with the world is enmity with God. A little leaven Little leaven. I've always been amazed at that. Little bit of yeast. Boy, I messed that up one time. I put too much yeast. That thing blew up like a balloon. A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. And so, beloved, to not love Christ with all of our heart is it's to be a spiritual adulterer. And then in verse 5, and we'll wind up here, James 5, this verse which can be puzzling, but he says, do you think that the scripture saith in vain? Now think about that. Do you think the scripture is teaching this in vain? And then he says, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. Now you won't find this exact quote anywhere in the word of God. You won't find it. But you find this thought, this truth, it's replete throughout the word of God. I think you go back to Genesis 6-5, Genesis 8-21. When Moses wrote, before God destroyed the world, he said that the thoughts and the imaginations of man's heart was only evil continually. And that's when God said he would destroy the earth by a flood. James's point here is that the scriptures do not teach anything in vain and here specifically about a carnal spirit that each of us has and that each of us must do battle with. I think that goes with the context. Now turn back to Romans 7.18. Let me show you that battle. Paul spoke of it in his own life. I believe this is Paul speaking of himself as a saved man. In Romans 7.18... He says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, in other words, to do that which is right. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, that is, I end up doing it. Now, if I do that, that I would not do, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law warring 
against the law of my mind. See the battle there? And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. I don't believe James is talking about the Holy Spirit here in James chapter 4 and verse 5. The Spirit of God does not provoke us to lust or to envy. But this is a carnal spirit. And our sin nature that will rise up in each of us if we do not mortify and kill the old man. Look at Mark. Turn back to Mark 7.21. Mark chapter 7 and verse 21 Mark 7 and verse 21, the words of the Lord Jesus, he says, For within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, means an eye of envy, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these things come from within and defile the man. If you go back to Galatians, you'll see these are the works of the flesh. It's the works of the flesh. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Beloved, we need to keep our hearts with all diligence. And part of that keeping is killing the old man. Killing the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. I love this passage, and I think we ought to go to it often. Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way, a wicked spirit within me. Beloved, we must be honest with ourselves. And I believe this is what James is teaching, because in James 4, 6, he begins with a conjunction, but... And that leads us to what is in contrast. James talks about the contrast in James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. And we'll pick up there next time. But listen, beloved, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. These are sobering words from the word of God. To love the world, again, remember, is to commit spiritual adultery against Christ. Now, let me give you something to encourage you and to give you, I pray, a charge for your spirit. Exodus 22, and Chris has been teaching there. What does that passage say? You don't have to turn there. But the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Matthew 22, which is the first great commandment that lawyer asked Jesus. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. First great commandment. And love your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Those words before me are so important. God will not take second or third place in your life. God will not be off to the side. But he will have all of your heart, child of God. 
Anything less than your whole heart is an insult to God and spiritual adultery. Let's finish just in Matthew. Turn to uh, Matthew. Psalm 119. We'll just finish with a few verses here. Psalm 119. Listen, one of your prayers each day, you should ask the Lord to help you to follow Him with your whole heart. In fact, in the Proverbs, Solomon speaks. He says, My son, give me thine heart. Give me thine heart. That should be our desire for the Lord. Verses 1 to 3, notice Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. When you see the law of the Lord, don't just think of the Decalogue. Don't just think of the Ten Commandments. Think of all the commandments. Think of the commandments of Christ. It's a law. Think of what God commands in His Word, His revealed will. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed, therefore according to thy word, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Verse 33, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I love this supplication in verse 35. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. For therein do I delight. Remember, beloved, if you would be a wholehearted Christian, you must also be one that walks in opposition to self. You must be one that walks contrary to the course of this world. Remember, when you were lost, you walked according to the course of this world, but no longer. You walk contrary to that course. And so may God help us Beloved, to live this Christian life devoted to Christ, wholeheartedly for Christ. May God help us to do so by His grace. Let's pray. Lord, thank You. Oh God, thank You for Your wonderful Word. I thank You for our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank You, oh God, that You give us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. I thank You, oh God, that... Father, in our weakness, you give us your strength. Oh God, I thank you that when we sin, you forgive us, oh God. And Father, I confess my half-heartedness to you. And Father, you know that, Father, I have often been guilty of that. Oh Father, I pray, as your word says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh God, please help us, Father, to serve you with all of our hearts, to love you with all of our hearts, oh God. Help us to walk contrary to this present evil world, Father. Help us to mortify self and sin. Help us not to sit in the lazy river and let it just take us along. Oh God, I pray that you'd be with these dear souls, these precious souls, every single one, Father, that's here. 
I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you'd bless your people. And Father, help us as we go on to finish the work week out. Lord willing, that is. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.